see that. Well, some people would say that there's no such thing as time. Yeah, I never until they're out of it. I never understand <laughs> that. It's a man-made construct, right? Exactly. Hey, we're recording. I'll just kick it off. Three, two, one. Happy Sunday, everyone. Welcome to the smartest guy in the room. I'm your host, Jerry Dempsey. As always, my good friend and colleague, Matthew Smith. Hey, Matt. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Do we care? Do we? Do you give a shit? I don't give a shit. I care like um, if it was a spectrum, I would care like a tiny bit. Only because I'll probably watch some of it. I don't have any money riding on it. You know, the bigger the the event gets, the less interested I'm in it. I like it's it it the game takes forever to play now. And Is that you know, the this this whole movement where everything has to be a spectacle, uh or else and I, I, I get it, they're doing it for wider appeal than just your average football fan, but like Like even the regular NFL season now, it has to kick off on a Thursday night with like a performance by Bon Jovi or some fucking thing like that. It it shit just annoys me. And I don't I don't know. I don't care. You know who I blame? Who? Capitalism. Well, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I suppose I suppose. Uh, But, you know, I, I more and more I'm finding that Sunday Super Bowl Sunday is a good day to go out and do shit like skiing or going to a movie or, you know, the kind of shit that usually you got to wait in line for or something like Mm -hmm. that. You know, it's the perfect time to go out and, and, uh, go enjoy yourself without uh, having to deal with the crowds. I'll tell you what, Andy, to your point, you know how, uh, people say, New Year's Eve is like uh, amateurs night, right? You've heard yeah. that? Yeah. So, I mean, I stopped partying on New Year's Eve a long time ago just because it was dumb. Like, I lived in New York City for a few years. Never, never in a million years would I go to fucking Times Square for the dropping of the ball. Okay? Right. I'd rather slit my wrists. But to make a long story very short, um, I used to go to Lake Tahoe on New Year's Eve do a little gambling in the casinos, get to bed, and I'd hit the slopes with my brother at like eight o'clock. And no asshole yeah. on the planet is on the slopes on New Year's Day. So you basically have the whole mountain to yourself, which is fantastic. Yeah, so, I mean, exactly. You're absolutely right. That's a, it's a perfect, it's a super, has, uh, Sorry about that. My microphone came unplugged. Yeah, Super Bowl Sundays turned into uh, the perfect day to go out and enjoy yourself when everyone else is is home. <clears throat> so I mean, I typically don't watch any of those <clears throat> final, you know, like the NCAA used to be a big game. Yeah, I never watch it anymore. I probably haven't watched it in the last ten years. Yeah, I don't. I don't watch it's it like anymore. on a Monday night and shit. And you're like, yeah. what? Who cares? I don't, I don't care anymore. I don't watch anything. And, you know, it's funny. You're, the, I agree with you about New Year's Eve. And if I do go out on New Year's Eve, uh, 
it's usually just for like a nice dinner and a and going going to a casino, and just just because it's something to do, right? And but it's not like a party or going to a bar that's crowded and yeah. There's a lot of pressure to like find something great to do on New Year's Eve, and it's just not worth the hassle. Well, we have um, a tradition I started with my wife when uh, my kids were young. And um, I go and get live lobsters. And we get like some shrimp and just other stuff. And we just kind of chill out at home. Like I didn't, I wasn't awake for New Year's Eve. But we cook up the food. We hang out. We give the kids some sparkling cider. Yeah. I mean, I know that sounds very boring. Compared to like some of the stuff we used to pull, but I mean, I don't know. I kind of enjoy it, and the kids look forward to it. So there you Welcome go. To parenthood. There you <laughs> go. Uh, so what's going on today? Well, we're going to talk about something that I think we're going to talk about narcissism. I'll just throw the title out to the folks. Um, you know, you and I are on a journey of maturity and exploration into you know i heard someone say like you spend the first part of your life uh exploring the external world and then as you get older you start to look inside and explore the internal world of like your mind and what life is really all about what do you think of that i think that's true that's interesting uh uh i never heard it put that way but i was just this was just something i was contemplating a week ago, uh, I was talking to someone uh, who's our age, and I have a long history with the person, and uh, uh, I really enjoy talking to the person these days, and I was thinking to myself that a lot of the people I know who are our age, you know, they've changed a lot since uh, we were kids, you know, and they're more, to sum it up, they're more focused on being better people. Mm. And that has to go in line with what you were saying. It's, it's got to be an internal thing as opposed to an external thing, you know? Yeah, that, well, I mean. That effort has to come from within, which yeah. I never thought of until you just said that little saying that you said, but... Uh, I would agree with it. I mean, for me, you know, I grew up with a huge family and I read this quote. I started like when I was in college, I took a bunch of psychology classes to understand the dysfunction in my family. I saw it at an early age. And what's interesting, though, one on by, you know, one on one, any one of my family is a pretty great person. And but there's a dynamic when you get people together. Uh, you know, anyway. I just know, like, I've been on that journey for a long time, you know, and it ebbs and flows like anything else. You get distracted with other stuff. Um, but I just always found it interesting. And as I got older, I started reading more psychology books, not textbooks per se but about like different psychologists, like Carl Jung's a very famous psychiatrist. Um, you know, not so much a Sigmund Freud, but 
But now today, you know, we have Jordan Peterson and you and I did an episode on on the good doctor and he's still viewed, I think, controversial. But if you really boil down his teachings, he's trying to help people. You know? Sure. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, he's, you know, the uh, there is no um, media anymore that is uh, unbiased, you know, uh, the left wing media is out to destroy people they consider right wing. The right wing media is out to destroy anyone they believe is leftist. Everyone has a label now. Uh, like I said, I came into awareness of Jordan, Jordan Peterson based on media reports, <clears throat> having never listened to him. And then I went and listened to him and he was not. Now, I'm not a disciple of Jordan Peterson the way some people are. Uh, I find his show fucking boring as shit. It's three, four hours. I mean, that's you think about it. That's a half a work day. Who's got the fucking time for that? I yeah. saw him live a few years <laughs> ago in Richmond, Virginia. Right. And, um, you know, it was good. He had uh, a comedian slash media person i don't know dave rubin yeah and i didn't know who dave rubin was at the time and it was mildly entertaining but the man in my opinion goes way too dark and he stays in the darkness yeah you know talking about the holocaust talking about just how you know we follow orders and and we all want to kill each other i mean he actually said something it, this it, is Jordan Peterson, not Dave Rubin. Correct. Right? Yeah, he, but he brought Rubin along, I think, for comic relief. <laughs> and, you know, Rubin's all right, but he could have done a better job, I guess, if, if they really wanted to, I don't want to say entertain the crowd, but keep it from just plunging to the depths of hell. Yeah, you know what I'm and, saying? I, I, yeah and I've, I said that before about Jordan Peterson, that he'd, he'd do himself a favor if he, like, laughed once in a while. Or, you know, I mean, uh, there was a... A priest at my college. I went to a Catholic college, and he he said he gave, he said something one day, and it always stuck with me. I loved the quote. He's he was he said, "Not every moment is pregnant with meaning," and yeah. it was just such a great quote. It always stuck with me, and it's just like, you know, yeah. Jordan Peterson just needs to just needs to laugh once in a while, you know. But, you know, I don't want him canceled because I don't want anyone canceled. And I don't I'm not a fan of Joe Rogan either. And but I don't want Joe Rogan canceled. You fucking if, just don't listen to him. <laughs> it's super easy to avoid people that you don't want to listen to. Don't you listen know, to them. It's interesting. This is just <clears throat> an observation. But when we were kids, you only had, you know, like the three channels, right? right? Then you had like Channel 29, whatever that was. <laughs> and you had uh, UHF. PBS. UHF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and then you had, nobody listened to AM radio anymore. At least, they, you know, no one I knew. <laughs> right. So you had FM radio. And even then you had, what, three or four stations? So yeah. talk about like being fed, you know, the entire country, if you will. Maybe the world was fed by three or four sources of of media and people seem to get along more i mean maybe they didn't i don't know what the answer is but it's like today you and i have our own youtube channel we're just two knuckleheads or two nice guys however you want to look at that 
anybody can start their own TikTok, their own YouTube, their right. own Facebook. You know. So yeah, there was no there was, is, no there was no cancer cancel culture when the choices were a lot more limited. Now the choices yeah. are endless. And well, I read somewhere in an article each other. <laughs> that people in the United States get like panicky just walking into like a supermarket and there's like 35 different toothpaste choices. <laughs> like sometimes having that many choices is a fucking problem. Like a, it reaches a tipping point. <laughs> oh, fucking toughen up, you know? I'm saying, I mean, but I mean, it's funny though. You know, it, but like why well, no, I mean, 35, you know, yeah, I'm looking I, at it economically, sorry. I, I get it, I get it. I mean, you know, it is funny. It's it's kind of like, you know, a sign of the times, but, uh, you know, we have it too well, so we can't fucking handle it. But, you know, we're not yeah, sticking. If I come home with the wrong, listen, I go to the store and I buy something that my wife tells me to buy. And then she ends up telling me, oh, you know, you could have got the other brand for 35 cents cheaper. Do you think I even give a fuck that I would even bother looking at, like, the prices on these things? I don't. Oh, yeah, exactly. I, I buy the same. It, it takes me like 18 minutes to, to do like the grocery shopping. Cause I buy the same shit yes, every fucking you. week and I know where everything is yep. and I don't look at any prices. <laughs> I just, you know, I don't look at any prices. It's just like, I recognize the box. I, th- you know, I throw it in the cart, you know, I can but, one up you on that. <laughs> I, I buy everything on Amazon now. <laughs> oh God! Get out of the house. That way, I don't even have to leave the house. <laughs> no, I have to leave my. I I need to go outside, man. Uh, I I I rarely buy anything on the internet. Um, you know. I bought my destroys Main Street, man. <laughs> we can't destroy Main Street. I do like shopping. I will admit to that. But let's uh let's get into this narcissism. You know, I'm going to just say this as an a-hole that I kind of am, but I would say 10 years ago, the vast majority of the population didn't know what the fuck narcissism was, right? Right. I mean, I'm saying that as a blanket statement, so obviously I'm going to be wrong. But the point is... I would would agree with you. I would agree with you because it's uh, narcissism is something that you hear constantly about. Yeah, and everyone... I'll put it this way, you know, to be like to actually have NPD, it's a clinical disorder, right? Right. As evidenced in something called the DSM-5, which we can talk about that. You know, it's like um, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Illness. There's been five versions of it, and each one grows exponentially since like the 50s or something. Um, But the point I'm making is, you know, I don't walk around telling other people they have cancer. (laughs) You get my point? No. Well, okay. So it's an illness, right? It's a, it's an actually denoted like science proved illness. So for me to go that that a-hole Trump is a narcissist. Well, who the fuck am I based on what I saw on CNN, you know, or wherever, you know, to fucking say, even if I'm a doctor, even worse, if I'm a doctor, to say, oh, well, Trump's a narcissist. Look at him. You can't, you have to treat someone and to diagnose them with it. So that's why I, I liken it to the cancer thing. None of us yeah, are. I mean, I, I see what you're saying. I do believe that <clears throat> everyone, that, that narcissism, <clears throat> excuse me, has uh, is an issue that's, you know, 
in vogue now because I do believe it does relate to Trump because you know, he was the most powerful man in the world. And every, every what like him or not, every every action and every word and every thought he expressed is analyzed. And it should be again because he's the most, he was the most powerful man in the world. And you know, as the topic of narcissism has kind of infiltrated uh, uh, the American psyche in the last couple of years, I constantly worry about having narcissistic traits. And I'm always, I'm always taking, I'm always going on the internet on psycho psychology websites and taking narcissism <laughs> tests. And like, I don't, I, it's funny. I, I, I have hardly any, any of the traits, which I'm always relieved at. And if you read the traits, like Trump has every single one. And again, this is in politics. It's just if you're looking at it objectively, he's got every single one. And uh, um, but you know, a, a nar being a narcissist is like it just it just sounds terrible, and it's it's the last thing I would ever want to be. And uh, uh, but you know you have shit that happens to you and in life and you, you know, if, if there's someone like constantly fucking you over and you want that person to know that like their actions are like hurting you, uh, you know, is that narcissistic to like, well, again, that's why it's hard for regular people on the street. These are the me and you uh -huh. like, um, yeah, I went to therapy a couple, about four years ago, okay? Right. Um, you know, and just to keep it simple, like I found myself being angry about things I shouldn't have been angry about. And I never used to be like that. I used to walk around like uh, I had the world by the balls, okay? Right. And, you know, I mean, I came to find out there's nothing wrong with me other than you know, there's, I had more responsibilities, like being a dad, that I just needed to kind of re-swizzle my priorities in life and make more time for the things that were more important to me. So it's more of like a taking stock in what you got and what you want and making a better plan of how you get it. You know, it didn't take me long to work through just some of my issues. And, it, you know, it's, I would recommend it to a lot of people that are struggling, even if you're not struggling a ton. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I really enjoy I Actually, I've been in therapy, and I re actually really enjoy it. It But it always comes back. I What I've realized about therapy every time I've been in it is, while it's, it's helpful, you're ultimately always led to a place that you knew existed to begin with. Like, you know... You, well... You 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 have an idea of what your problems are. Then you go to Correct. therapy, and then those that those your your hunch is confirmed, yep. and they don't really tell you what to do, and they're not supposed to. The thing with therapy, it always comes down down to just you know what to do to change yourself. It comes down to having the the courage to actually do it, and well, or having the desire to actually do it. Well, let me add to that, though. The people are really fucked up, though, don't. 
and there see you just you just made it very clear you know i don't know how quickly a psychiatrist or a therapist can figure out if you're fucked up or not they probably can but to your point they're not going to tell you because it's a journey it's a personal journey and they're just trying to guide you you're the one that has to fucking figure it out otherwise you'll reject it because you're you know th that's human nature we don't like to, nobody likes to be told what to do too much right um but it's there are people like people that are true narcissists don't know perhaps and if they do know and they're still doing it then there's something else wrong with them i mean they are fucked up yeah i don't but i don't think that every, every each and every time i've gone to therapy and i was led to the water yeah i don't think in any single case that i actually in the end bent down and 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 you know and took a drink i i I, it, I always was led to a place that I knew existed in the first place. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, this is what I have to change. I just have to have the courage or the, or the desire to, to change. But then I never do. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think you're probably being too hard on yourself. But I mean, you know, you'd have to like kind of go to some people around you, the people you're trying to be nice to, the people that matter to you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... If I were to remember the Otis from college or the five years I knew you post-college, I mean, I liked you then. I thought you were funny as hell, but you're probably a hell of a lot nicer today. But again, oh, yeah. I didn't need you to be nice to me. Like, I wasn't, you know what I mean? Like, that's why narcissism and this, there's another term you and I were going to talk about called gaslighting. Right. You know, it's, it's very specific most of the time to like, parents and children or spouses to each other it's funny i what when i every time i've gone to therapy i realize that my issues have to do with not being narcissistic enough <laughs> you know that what could i be mean true. like yeah. like my issues is you know i so it's just some of the traits of of narcissism uh one is having an exaggerated sense of self-importance having a sense of entitlement and requiring constant excessive admiration, expecting to be recognized as superior, even without achievements that warrant it, exaggerating your achievements and talents, being preoccupied with fantasies about success, power, brilliance, beauty, or the perfect mate, uh, believing you're superior and only associating with equally special people um you know expect special favors and unquestioning compliance from people uh taking advantage of others get what you want yep. having an inability or an unwillingness to recognize the needs and feelings of others believing people should be envious of you uh insisting on having the best of everything for instance, the best car or the best office, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like, the, like in almost every single case, I'm the opposite. One, like, one of my biggest issues is, you know, I don't, I don't have my, I lack an ego. I wish I had one. Uh, mm. and I don't know where, why I, I, 
I, some of it has to do with the way I was raised, I think. Uh, um, and I took it to an extreme, but, um, you know, <laughs> it's funny you read those traits and like every single one applies to Trump. And, and I read those traits and I'm, and I think, thank God I don't have that. Thank God I don't have that. Well, hey, do us a favor. Let's uh, forget about that guy for a while. All right. <laughs> no, I know. I, again, I'm not trying to make it political, but I'm saying, you know, this, he's the reason the issue has come into the foreground. And now the issue is in the <laughs> foreground. People aren't thinking about him. But they're thinking about the issue. The I mean, I can go every single day. I I look online. There's some two or three stories about about narcissism now. Yep. So I mean, if anything, Trump's helped other people make money, calling him a narcissist. Probably. Yeah, I would say. But let's. I, I want to move on from him because it's too annoying. Um. No, but where I was thinking about is because like you you roll through those things and how you're not any of them and from what i know of you you know no argument here now i'm going to flip it to me a little bit and tell you in my experience you know how like um something about swimming with the sharks there's probably been books written about that i don't read right. that kind of crap but in my career as a sales whatever i was a channel manager partner manager yeah. Uh, business development guy. But I could go down that litany just like you did of of things and tell you all the salespeople I've dealt with to some degree exhibited all of those qualities, we'll call them. <laughs> yeah. But and you can say that to politicians as well. They have you know, it's not limited to these types of people, but anyone that has to be in a position of power, you know. Um, with the exception of like a Marcus Aurelius, I don't know if you've ever read any of his stuff, but you and I talk about Stoicism and the Stoics. And they they warn you about all these things before we had a DSM-5, before we had Sigmund Freud, before we had Carl Jung and the good Jordan Peterson. You know, it's all there. If you read about like Seneca or, you know, like I said, Marcus Aurelius or Plato, any of those old guys, Epictetus. I like that name. But the point, I guess the point I was trying to make is to a degree, a lot of people exhibit, you know, these behaviors because it's human behavior, right? Lying. Like if you lie one time and I know how you feel about liars, that doesn't make you a bad person. It's see, it's like um, there's a quote from Carl Jung that that speaks to it nicely. It says, thinking is hard which is why most people judge. And so the other point is the masses will go around judging each other, you know, based on the worst thing they know about that person at the same time, wanting everyone to judge them about the nicest things they know about themselves. Yeah. And once you start, like, again, I turn that internally. I'm like, shit, I knew some of this shit. Okay. Not all of it, but see the one, the one thing you didn't mention was the lack of empathy or how they can fakingly turn it on and off whether they're you know um yeah whether they're trying to manipulate someone or get them in their camp because another thing that they like to do you know they don't respect other people's boundaries so they're always fucking with them right and this to them it's business it's not like personal against you 
it's how they operate. Right. Right. So they'll intimidate. They'll berate people. Um, and they can be very charming. I, I do know some people that are that are narcissists. Like they've mm-hmm. been diagnosed with, you know, these kind of borderline behaviors. Right. Right. Yeah. And they're not looking for friends. They're looking for people who will be obedient to them and worship them. <laughs> Almost like cult people. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I know like you guys used to joke. I had a friend that's a friend of yours that used to call me a cult hero all the time. And we used to joke about it. But I mean, I never went looking for anyone to like me. I, that was just my default, you know, based on my childhood where and I'll tell you, I don't care who, you know, like I did not feel liked or loved when I was a kid at all. And um, I, I felt like I was I came into this world a burden to someone else. And yeah, I had like kind of a chip on my shoulder because of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 11 kids in your family and it just there's got to be supply a supply that eventually runs out, you know, when it comes to your parents and spreading the love and, you know, and I couldn't even I couldn't imagine. Well, people make choices, right? That's all I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, so. Um, were you alluding to gaslighting, though? Well, gaslighting, again, if you a true gaslighter, there's like a movie from the 50s or 60s, I think called Gaslighting, where husband drives his wife almost to the brink of insanity, really fucking with her. Yeah. Right. And they make it painfully clear like what it is and how you can destroy a person's like all their self-confidence and destroy them, <clears throat> you know, where they'd end up either committing suicide or in a mental institute themselves. Right. Um, I actually worked with the, with the lady who almost got divorced because her mother-in-law was gaslighting her. And this woman uh, was very intelligent, very well-educated and her husband's like she almost ended up getting divorced because the husband didn't see it because he was a mama's boy and the mother-in-law would fuck with her constantly right. to the point where she was like doubting her own sanity and she went and got therapy and realized she was being gaslight gaslit by her mother-in-law but she you know she didn't know any of this stuff so she went to therapy it was kind of a freaky story Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, gaslighting, though, is a trait of a narcissist. And if you are, you know, there's it's a there's a fine line because. The people who gaslight other people. They're not just gaslighting that particular person. This is the way they operate usually all the time. If they're doing it to if that woman is doing it to her daughter in law. She's done it to other people throughout her life, and it's been her M.O. at at points in her life, and it and it's either because she's motivated out of some insecurity of her own or, you know, some feeling of superiority, you know. But there are individual cases where, like, you might have a personal relationship with someone and things go south and you guys start fighting and you know you make accusations toward one another 
you know, that's that's not gaslighting. That's just I think that's life. I think people who gaslight. They do it to one person, they do it to other people. It's it's their M.O. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and quite frankly, I think in my family, it's almost like a survival tactic. Like you learn it because it's done to you. You know, it's like bullying. You know, I said this. Uh, I'm on Quora. I've talked about this before where you just ask questions. It's you're supposed to get more educated people conversing. And, you know, basically, it was something about bullying. And I'm like, most bullies are either bullied by their parents or they're bullied by siblings or, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And then they go on to become bullies. Right. And there was a whole crap storm of different opinions. And some of them, some people get really, like, angry about things and... You know, you've had your own issues with getting off social media just because you can't understand why someone doesn't want to be reasonable or they just want to, like, attack with some kind of hate or vitriol. Right. Um, but there was a lot of that. And I, I read through of all the all these different opinions, like people saying, oh, no, bullies are, you know, this thing and that thing. And and all I could do was sit back and go, well, this is their opinion. I don't want to. I'm not going to jump in and tell them they're fucking wrong because that's not my place anyway. You know what I mean? No. What do you mean? Well, I mean, well, like one person said something to the effect of this kid's a bully because his mama, you know, kisses his ass and doesn't set boundaries or limits for him. Right. But I'm like, well, how the fuck would you know that? You don't know just based on this one event. You don't know that. And. Instead of arguing with them, I just wrote it down. I'm like, that they there's probably some truth there, or maybe that has happened. Since, again, in my what I'm trying to do as I slowly mature is not be so quick to tell someone they're wrong because maybe they are fucking right. Yeah, but if I it, think they're telling, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's interesting the the whole issue. We you and I grew up with bullies, and it yeah. was just it was part of life, and uh, and now there's literally laws against bullying. Like legislatures have passed laws against bullying. It's, you can be, you bully someone and something happens to that person. And, you know, you could be actually criminally prosecuted now uh, under these bullying laws. There's bullying, bullying laws now in New York state. Um, And I'm not saying that's, you know, there's a lot, there's a segment of the population who are like, well, that's just soft. And I'm, I think that's bullshit. You know, like you don't know how bullying affects people. So kids are fucking killing themselves, you know, over bullying. Yeah. And, and, you know, we didn't, we didn't have that. You were bullied as a kid. I was bullied as a kid. You know, my, I had a neighborhood that had a thousand fucking kids in it and they were all different ages. And, you know, it's Buffalo. People are Irish. The, catholic the families are gigantic as your family is exhibit a you know and there were always the older kids beating up on the younger kids and you know yes. my father always in <laughs> again the way i was raised my father would always say like you know you stand up to a bully and i i took beatings <laughs> from so many fucking bullies not because they bullied me but because they bullied like someone i was hanging out with so like i right. stood up for them because that's the way i was raised then I'd get my ass throttled, you know, and 
I was just thinking there's got to be an easier fucking way, you know, and uh, I wish there were bullying laws when we were growing up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a tough one. And it doesn't. I mean, my son uh, experienced some very mild bullying at his school. And this the kid doing it, you know, my son wasn't the only one. Right. The kid did right. it to some other kids. But you could tell that that kid was getting bullied somewhere else. Like, that is yeah. learned behavior. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, do you help the kid or do you throw him under the bus? That, that's, where, that's where I'm like, that's where the understanding needs to kind of step in. Um, but the cycle it, needs to stop because that, that... Yeah. God damn it. Again, I pulled my microphone cord out. I'm trying to eat that microphone? Ah, because, you know, even if that kid who was doing the bullying had something going on in his life, that bullying he's doing to others, even if it's minor, you know, everyone reacts to bullying differently. So, you know, and it's not always. Uh, but see, that's that goes back to this narcissistic whatever. Well, exactly. Like they so, don't know and they don't care. But what like what what makes we know what makes a bully probably. So what makes a narcissist? I mean, self-preservation sometimes, you know, there could be a million. That's why, again, that's why I would prescribe therapy to anyone, even if you, especially when you don't think you need it. You know, I know people that are drunks. I know people that are pedophiles, okay, that will not ever go to therapy because they're like, no, there's nothing wrong with me. But they'll act like a victim the minute they're called out on their own bullshit. But they won't go. They don't think they they will never change, in other words. So so the point is, it's like recidivism, right? I put you in jail for stealing. You get out. How many people are going to steal again? It's this. I mean, just take that principle and apply it to this mental issue. Like when I bullied, I bullied a kid. Uh, really, only one kid that I can remember ever being a bully to. And I felt bad about it then. And I stopped after yeah. doing it a couple times. Yeah. And I was actually kind to him after I realized I'm like, I fucking hated being a bully. I was like, why the fuck would I do that to another person? I hated when it was done to me. So there's empathy. Like I couldn't make my own empathy go away. Yeah. I was just going to say that like that, that's what separates you from narc a, a narcissist is cause I was going to say like you felt bad immediately. Cause you have some yes. type of conscious conscience. Right. You, you have, you have empathy and the narcissist has neither of those things. You can see it in people. They, when, when, you, when you show the mirror to their face, they can either go, yeah, I fucking did that. Or they'll start squirming and, and, and you know, flipping it and trying to squeeze a lot of what, you know, the reality. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, I mean, I hate to say this because we both love our mothers, but... Mothers are, you know, there's, I read a book about narcissistic mothers. And when you realize it, especially like back in the day, mothers didn't have, like you have a circle of a network of people you've worked with, friends you've met along the way. It's probably pretty large and extensive, right? Yeah. Back in the day, those mothers, who the hell did they have? You know what I mean? The, the, <laughs> the priest at church? My like mother. the sewing circle? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Because just I'm laughing because, you know. 
you know, as well as I do, my mother had that reputation in our group where you guys all used to mock her because she was kind of, I don't want to say cold, but uh, just very, you know, I remember you guys used to joke about how you would call and she would hang up on people, you know, <laughs> and, uh, she was very short and she was, you know, with people and very uh, direct and just, you know, and it, and it, 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 it is, it is true. Like my, my father was like the affectionate one, you know, and, yeah. and my, and you say like, who did, you know, my mother didn't really have anyone growing up. She grew up in the depression, her whole entire family, you know, her parents were immigrants. They didn't speak English. My mother kind of had to raise her brothers and her parents in the new world, you know, like she would have to go, she would have to accompany them to like her mom and her dad to their doctor's appointments so she could translate between the, you know, American English doctor and the Italian, you know, parents. And, you know, uh, so like she, she didn't know any other life than like just, there was no real warmth in her life, you know, and, and that led to the way she was. And, uh, you know, I used to, I, I used to hate when you guys would mock her, but I also agreed with it because I was like, I saw it myself and it became a joke in my family, like the way she was, you know, because I know she didn't want to be that way, but she was just very, she was a very efficient woman <laughs> of this. Like I would just describe my mother that way. She was efficient, you know. Uh, we used to call her the general because she just had no. There was no warmth about her, you know. And uh, but I know she was a warm person, but she couldn't. Ex- she couldn't ex- express it. She couldn't. She didn't exude it. And uh, you know, it was just this tough exterior <laughs> from her childhood. And so you're right. It all goes back to you know, either the way you're raised or what happened to you. And my mother was not the, if you pointed that out, if she was living nowadays and you pointed that out and therapy is way more prevalent and acceptable, she's the type of person who would not have gone to therapy. Right. So, you know, I mean, trust me, we all have it. I mean, I remember working on a car with my dad and the way he talked to me, I had to be about 16 and I didn't mind talking shit back to him. I was pretty calculated about what I would say, what I thought I could get away with without him freaking out and trying to beat me up. But I just remember saying to him one time after he was like yelling at me for some stupid shit. I'm like, do you talk to people you work with like this? Because I'm like, if I was a guy out in the world, I wouldn't fucking work with you. (laughs) And he got mad, but he knew I was right. I was like, you're a dick. Like, I would tell him that to his face, and then I might have to run sometimes. But, he, you know, I didn't give a fuck because I'd already been beaten up by him, by everyone else in my family. Like, I said this to my therapist, and I tried to tell my mother one time. I'm like, the people that have been the shittiest to me in my whole life are all named Dempsey. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> when I went into the world, I had no fear because I already been treated like shit. I'm like, people externally... I've never been treated as poorly by strangers or anyone in the world than I have by my family. Yeah. And I used to joke about that, but it's absolutely spot on. And I don't, you know, I don't care who hears it. It's true. You know, 
I wore that yeah. with a badge of honor for a little while. Well, I mean, that's that's why you pick your friends, you know, because you can't pick your family. What about your nose? Can you pick your nose? <laughs> you know, I mean, your family is, you have no choice over. So, you know, you're stuck. And if they're assholes, they're still your family. If you have friends that are assholes, you could shed them, you know, but you can't shed your, fa- you can't shed your family, really. Other yeah. It's cutting them off. So the therapist told me, like, just set your boundaries. Don't fight with people. Fucking walk away. Don't be afraid to walk away when you got to walk away. I think it's called gray rocking, perhaps. Like, again, I just pulled some shit off the internet, so hopefully uh, I won't get yelled at. But it's like, gray ignore rocking. them, be uh, become uninterested. They might get angry at you first, but eventually they'll move on, and they'll go gaslight someone else. <laughs> <laughs> and forget about trying to change people. They won't change. You should yes. know that about yourself, too, but no. Like, again, to me, I don't know. I could never diagnose you. I think you're a very pleasant person. I love you. But, um, <laughs> you know, that's the version of Matt that Jerry gets. I don't know if every person that knows you gets that same experience. But you know you know what triggers you. You know what you can, what you would like to change about yourself. It's just go, you know, like I've tried to do that. I don't do any of this shit to my kids. Even when, like, they may have deserved it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know, my kid tracked mud through the house the other day. And when I called him out on it, he got all like, oh, poor me. And I'm like, I'm just telling you, this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> and I started <laughs> laughing. And I'm like, now clean it up. <laughs> so so what's, I mean, what's the yeah, answer here then? The answer is there is no answer. The answer is educate yourself and do a better job for yourself. Because, you know, as... Are you still holding your Doge coin? Because it's an acronym. I still have some Doge, and I know it's good. You know, me and Elon Musk are going to make it go to a buck. Um, I'm holding. I'm. I'm. I've lost a ton of money on it, and I'm holding on to it. Not your life, president. I'm holding on to it because I know, in a decade from now, I'm going to wake up one morning, yep, and it's going to be everything I thought it was. Well, there's an acronym now associated with it. It says, do only good every day. And there you go. And that's, you wake up every day and you say, I'm only going to do good today. Why <laughs> Why is it associated with Dogecoin? Because I, I felt like it. No, I don't know. It's on so the internet. What's that so acronym be true. <laughs> what, what does it do stand for Do only good every day. Do only good every day. Words to live by. I think that if I had to boil down this topic today... I would just, uh, I'm trying to do this in my own life, and uh, I wish some people in my life would do it too, is to practice self-awareness. Yes. Self-awareness is key. So. I try to pretend people that annoy me are like a buddy of mine that I would give a pass to because I like them. Like, uh, I got cut off the other day, and I sped up at the light to give the fucking stink eye to the person, and it was an old lady again. She didn't know what the fuck's going on. (laughs) So, what did I do? I just put my head down, took a breath, and said, I'm an asshole. (laughs) Yeah, I learned, you know, I learned very, uh, before road rage was a thing, I was fortunate enough to 
to learn the hard way. Uh, and I never got into road rage because, uh, I did something stupid as a young man. And, uh, when we were growing up, we were, I forget what you were out with us this one night, but we were, we had different cars. We were going somewhere. We had some people in one car, some people in another car. I got cut off and, uh, this person almost ran me off the road and I flew into a rage and, uh, I followed the person and they pulled into a convenience store parking lot. Uh, they pulled into, uh, Wilson farms on Potter's road. And I got out of my car and opened their door and I was going to pull the person out. Uh -huh. Turned out it was an old lady. <laughs> Yikes. And, uh, Stick I her ass at least. <laughs> well, I realized, you know, never fucking do this again. Yeah. And then, uh, like narcissism, road rage all of a sudden became a thing. Yep. And I was already self-aware. So I knew. You know, I knew I was educated because I was self-aware because of what happened to me. I was educated on what road rage could lead to. So I would ask the same in this era of ultra awareness over narcissism is to be self-aware. Well, it's funny because one of the things uh, that you can do is, or that narcissists don't do is really put yourself in another person's shoes. And you always hear that. It's like one of those things they paint on walls and like on cards and memes, yeah. cats. Um, but really try to do that. Like, you know, hey, I'm going to cut that guy a fucking break today. Somebody almost hit me in the ankle with the fucking shopping cart the other day. Uh -huh. It was like so close. Like I felt it brush against the back of my foot. You know, have you ever had a shopping cart run into the back of your ankle, your Achilles tendon? Yeah. Fucking hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I turned around and it was a lady and I gave her like the fucking weird look and I probably scared the shit out of her. But then I yeah. just walked away like an asshole, like, oh, that was so dumb of me. Just take the pain. <laughs> take the pain. Take, get over it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we're lo running long in the tooth this week, so oh, yeah. uh, we should probably wrap uh, I'm good to wrap. We've killed this topic. Good topic. Uh, fuck the Super Bowl. Get out yeah. of the cabin. Shoot the moose. I hope they all lose. <laughs> Stay free. All right, buddy. Have a great weekend. Take care. Take care.